All right, well, good evening, everyone. My name is Scott Kadersha. I get to serve here on the marriage team, and I'm excited to be with you tonight. Merry Christmas, a little bit early, uh, but it's always relevant and appropriate to say it. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, I'm setting my timer here. I, this is not a season that is filled with many silent nights. Just uh, as, um, you know, as a, as a husband, as a, as a dad to four kids, as a employer, employee, boss, friends, community member, part of marriage ministry, I, I would say this season actually feels kind of the opposite of a silent, quiet night. And I think about like all the songs that we sing this time of year that, you know, have a holly jolly Christmas, may your days be merry and bright and silent night and oh holy night. And, and it feels like instead of actually getting to enjoy a lot of this, we are so stinking busy. And, and I know I'm not alone. I've been around a long enough time and been involved in marriage ministry a uh, long enough time to know that something that's intended to be an amazing time for families, for husband and wife, for kids is actually kind of hectic at times. And so a couple of months ago, uh, we sat down and we we're planning our, our couple months ahead. And we actually did a newly married event two weeks ago in this room for a bunch of newlyweds. And I said, one thing I want to do is I think we can help couples have a totally different Christmas than what so many of us are used to. So I've been married 17 years, and, uh, and most of the time, this time of year is not quiet, it's not silent, it's busy, it's stressful, there are work parties, there are gifts to buy, there are so many things on the calendar to figure out, and sometimes I just like, wish we had a little more time to just be with one another as husband and wife to drive around, to look at lights together, to make memories as a family, to sit down in front of the TV and watch Elf or Home Alone or Christmas Vacation or It's a Wonderful Life or White Christmas or whatever your, uh, your choice of movie is or to watch. I love that, you know, the crackling fires some people put up and, and just read a book or sit in front of a fire. And I go, we just miss it because we're so busy. We're not actually taking the time to enjoy this time of year. So a couple of weeks ago, we started to plan out what this event would look like for newlyweds and, and said, I can't just teach it. We actually need to live this stuff out. And so taught it a few weeks ago, have been applying it this month and get to share a lot of the same stuff with you tonight. And I, I will tell you, this Christmas has actually been much more enjoyable than any one we've had in a long time because I think we're actually applying what I'm gonna teach you tonight. And so you've got a handout that I think will guide our time together really well. Fill in the blank if you like those. If not, you can make it a paper airplane or take it home and put it in your fire as kindling, I don't care. But take some good notes. I think this will help you uh, as you think through Christmas together as a husband and wife. And so my family, we've got a picture of them. Uh, wife Kristen, four boys, 14, 14, 12, and 10. Uh, two ninth graders, a sixth grader, and a fourth grader. I serve on staff with our newly married ministry and then help get to work with the rest of the marriage team. My wife is a stay-at-home mom and a physical therapist, kind of does both of those. Uh, four fun kids who are all plugged into this church. We come from very different families growing up, and I'm going to give you a little illustration of that in a moment. Uh, my family is a little bit loud and crazy and hectic. We're from the Northeast, and when my family gets together in New Jersey, you probably can hear it down here. They are so loud and so obnoxious. And Christmas morning is one of those times when all the gifts are out and everyone gets their gifts, and it is mass chaos in the room. Everyone's throwing paper everywhere. We wad up the, you know, the, the wrapping paper and throw it at each other, and, and it's like Christmas is just chaos. It's every man or woman for themselves. 
Kristen, on the other hand, comes from a military family and, uh, you know, um, one sister, and they're very, like, programmed and military and, like, everything falls in line. And her family, the way they do Christmas is not like ours with the chaos. It's actually kind of crazy that it's the exact opposite. It's, it feels like it lasts about a week. And so the gifts are in front of the, the tree. And, and here's a picture. This is not one of ours, but this is what it looks like. You find the youngest kid to play Santa, and they walk over to the tree very slowly, and they pick up one gift at a time. And of course, they can't read, and so they got to go over to mom and say, Mom, what name is it? And it says, you know, Scott. So they walk over to Scott, and then Scott opens the gift. And it's, you know, let's just say it's three pairs of socks or two shirts. And so you take each shirt, you hold it up, you get a picture with the shirt, you put shirt one down, you pick up shirt two, you get a picture, you walk across the room, you give a hug. Uh, and it like, it really feels like it takes hours and hours and hours to do Christmas with her family. Now, neither one of those is right or wrong, but that, that kind of characterizes the, the families we come from and how we do things. And so coming into Christmas, we knew this was going to be a challenge for our family as a, as a new unit because we come from such different families. And so we've had to work through a lot of this. And so what we're going to do is just talk through very quickly 10, 10 ways that we think we, you can make your Christmas merry and bright. And so uh, we can't spend all the time on each one of these that I'd like to. And so some of them will be a little bit deeper dive. Some of them are going to be really quick hits. But I think this will be incredibly practical and helpful for you as you think about Christmas this year, you got 13 days, or no, not 13 days, you've got, yeah, 13. 12 plus 13 is 25, so you got 13 days until Christmas, and then I think this will help you moving forward as well. So the first one is to discuss your Christmas expectations. So let's just ask this one, uh, just because it's fun. How many of you prefer a real tree? Raise your hand real high. Okay, there's my people. How many of you prefer a fake tree? Okay, how many of you are real tree people married to a fake tree people? <laughs> yep, so there's one. And then we got white lights versus colored lights. And actually this year, for the first year ever, we gave in and we bought a fake tree. I feel like I had to apologize to my family. We just financially and, you know, Home Depot was out of them. So we made the switch. I have mocked fake tree people for, you know, 42 years, 45 years, and now I'm one of you. And so I've joined the cult of the fake tree. But white lights, colored lights, do you open gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Any Christmas Eve people? Yeah, I don't think you understand how it actually happened. Like Jesus came Christmas morning, so we open the gifts on Christmas morning. And so some of us do that. Some of us do stockings first and then breakfast, and then we do gifts together. Some of us do lots of gifts. Some do very few gifts. Every family does things different. And so unless you're aligned in your expectations, you are going to be disappointed with one another and disappointed with Christmas. And so the bottom line here is that as a couple, you have got to communicate about your expectations. So much of re-engage is all about communication and expectations. You have heard it over and over and over again. And the same thing absolutely applies when it comes to, to Thanksgiving, Christmas, the holidays. So on the back of your handout, we've actually given you a bunch of questions there's a lot. I wish we'd given you a little bit less, but these are all really good of questions that you could be asking one another just to help deal with unmet expectations. And so when you visit uh, your family, what will it look like? When you visit your spouse's family, what does that look like? When you have people at your home, what does it look like? What are your expectations on gifts and money and time? And so a lot of really good questions for you to ask one another. The bottom line here is that you've got to communicate. And when we have expectations, three things happen. Either our expectations are ridiculous, 
They're unreasonable, okay? We're not aware of them. We have them when we don't even know it. Okay, or, or we just don't share them. We just assume, this is the one I'm most guilty of, is, hey, I have expectations, I know what they are, but I don't need to tell them to Kristen because any normal human being does things this way. And so why would I need to verbalize what everyone does? And that becomes a really big problem because we assume our spouse has the same expectations that we do. And so we need to be open about them, we need to communicate about them, we need to be reasonable in them. And so sometimes we need to pull others in to help us deal with the very unrealistic expectations we have. And then more than anything, we've gotta be willing to listen to the Lord. Okay, what does God's word say? What does God's, uh, God's people say to us to help us deal with our expectations? The second one is to be intentional with your schedule. So what are you going to say yes to? What are you going to say no to? As a married couple, you have more opportunities uh, than you really want if you're like everyone else I know. And so you've got to be willing to say yes to some and no to others. You've got to be willing to disappoint people. And so Galatians 1.10 is a verse I love. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So the reality is, is that we cannot please everyone. We can't please all of our friends, all of our family, all of our spouse's family, all of our work friends, all of our neighbors, all the work parties, all the neighborhood parties. We've got to let people down and it's okay. okay otherwise you are going to miss how great this season can really be. And so what are you gonna say yes to? What are you gonna say no to? What are you okay letting some people down? Now there's some things you have to do Okay, you got to get together with family. If you are, uh, like, as an employee of Watermark Community Church, it is not an option for us to miss our, our company party, our Watermark party, and I can't wait for it. It's this Friday night, but that would not be good to miss that. We go to that. We go spend time with Kristen's family, but there are things that we just have to say no to. And when you communicate, here's a, a recommendation, something I'd suggest is when you call someone and you tell them, you know, maybe a family member, hey, we're not gonna be able to make it to see family this year. Do not say it this way. Say, hey, uh, mom and dad, uh, Kristen, my wife, decided that we're not going. Uh, I really want to, and she doesn't. And so I want you to know that I love you and I wanna be with you, but apparently my wife doesn't, okay? That would not go well. I do not recommend it. So the way, very practical, is you say, hey, we looked at the schedule and just... We decided we can't do it this year. And so you've got to be a team. You've got to communicate and be on the same page. If you're an introvert and you're around people all the time, find some time. Just communicate with your spouse and say, hey, I want to be intentional. There's just like some time. When I'm with your family, I'm going to love them. And I'm going to be with them. But, but can I like just get an hour one day? to go to Starbucks, to go to the gym, to go for a walk, you know, just communicate some of those expectations in advance. It's not okay, by the way, to say, hey, when we go see your family, I'm gonna be gone for the next two full days. That does not work. I'm talking about short pockets of time. Just make sure you communicate with one another. Three is to read a Christmas book or Advent devotional. So this is one of my favorite things to do, and, and my wife does as well. We actually, we're totally nerdy. Like, Weeks before, months before Christmas and Advent get here, we actually have a conversation of what are you going to read this year for Advent? And so we plan it out in advance. Like, and I could not wait until, you know, December 1 started, might be December 2, however you want to view it, uh, on when I could actually start reading an Advent devotional. And so I love that. My wife does. We are nerdy. But what it does is it reminds us of why we celebrate Christmas. 
in the middle of getting caught up in all the gifts and the schedules and the parties and all that, I, I need the reminder. And so it's so helpful for me to take some time to be intentional. You know, so I'll read my Bible in the morning and then I'll pull out this devotional and go through it. And it sets my heart in the right place. It gets me more excited for Christmas than ever before, not because of the gifts, but because of why we're celebrating this time of year. And then one of the things we do every, you know, every Christmas morning before we open gifts is we open up our Bibles to Luke chapter two. And we read through the Christmas story. It is like pure torture for my children as they sit at the kitchen table and just a few feet away are those gifts and they keep looking at us and wanting us to read. And I always read it really slow just to extend the pain for them, but just to keep them engaged in the, in the reason why we, uh, why we celebrate. Okay, if you're looking for a great one, it's not too late to, to jump in. Watermark has one. It's the wonders of his love. You can Google it on our website. And it's a family one, but it would be so helpful for anyone to go through together. Number four is to have conversations about Christmas and money. Okay, this is a very live conversation for us. We spend too much every year. And then January comes around and we get the credit card bill and we go, what on earth happened? Who spent all this money on our credit card? Me and my wife. Okay, no kids are stealing our cards and ringing things up on them. Nobody has stolen our credit card. It's the decisions that we made. And so this year, more than ever, we are uh, more intentional than we've ever been about having conversations about money. And so we're not going overboard. We're, uh, we want to spoil our kids as best we can, but we're not going overboard in any way whatsoever. We're probably going to disappoint our children. And so we've let them know that. And when I say disappoint, I mean, they're not going to get the gifts that they usually get, but we're gonna be more intentional this year than ever. And I know like there's this belief that some of us have, we're like, well, we can just spend and it's all gonna work out in the end. And it doesn't work that way, it's math, not magic. Okay, so to have this belief that it's all gonna work out, it just doesn't happen that way. And so what can you do with your spouse to be intentional about having conversations about money? So budget ahead of time. Don't forget about travel. Buy gifts throughout the year. This doesn't help you in December, on December 12th, but as you think in the future, and so I've tried to do that this year, to buy some gifts in advance when they're on sale. Be intentional about gifts. You know, do a swap where you pull names instead of buying gifts for everyone. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't look at TV, like the commercial I hate more than any other right now. It's the couple that sits down at the kitchen and he pull, or she pulls out like a red watch and a black watch and they each choose a watch. And he says, oh, I can top that. And they go in the driveway and he bought them both a brand new truck. I'm like, I'm still waiting for that car to show up in my driveway with the bow on it. And somehow any gift I get my spouse or my spouse gets me falls short because it's not a brand new truck with a bow on it. And so we get caught up in social media and comparing and what our neighbors get and what our kids get, our kids' friends get. And so what are you doing to be intentional to not compare? And so that we're, we're of the heavy mindset to, to gift experiences over gifts. We all have way too much. I can't speak for every one of you, but most people I know who are around here uh, probably have more than we need, uh, way beyond what we need. And so be good stewards of the resources entrusted to us. Number five is decide what traditions you are going to have as a family. So I'd call this one be a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Okay, from, from Elf, a couple of our traditions, we always watch Elf together. We always watch Home Alone together. We always drive around and, you know, we went to Vitruvian, saw Vitruvian Lights, uh, I think it's called Vitruvian Park, a couple of weeks ago. My wife has wanted to go there for years. We finally went. It's amazing. 
And I could see that being, that's right over in Addison, the, the price. Y'all know how much it costs to get in there? Nothing. Okay, that's, that's budget friendly. It's great to walk around. It's beautiful. And so that will be a new tradition for us. We quote movies to one another all the time. We're always talking about Elf. Uh, we go to Christmas Eve service with one another. We'll talk about that one in a minute. But just what are you going to do to start some traditions or keep some traditions going in your family? Six, look for ways to serve others. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so if there's ever been a, uh, anyone on this earth who deserves to be served, it was Jesus. But Jesus knows that he, he did not just come here to be served and everyone to, be, to wait on him. He actually gave his life and served others. And we're to be like Jesus Christ, to imitate Christ. And so if the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, the, the person who had more rights than anyone else, if he came to serve, then we should serve in the same way. And so what does it look like for you to serve those around you? I think one of the ditches is we think sometimes, well, it's Christmas, serve, serve, serve. It is a great time to serve, but we should be serving year-round. What does it look like to serve those around us? I did put the Watermark website on there that has some great opportunities for you. If you're looking for ways to serve as a re-engage group, as a couple, as a family, uh, it's just watermark.org slash go, and you'll see a bunch of opportunities where you can take advantage of serving others. And then I, I would just challenge you on this as well, that Maybe the person we need to serve the most is the person who's our closest neighbor. Meaning, what does it look like for you to serve your spouse this Christmas? Okay, so if there are some things that they don't like to do around the house, what would it look like for you to do that task for them? Okay, if it's putting up lights or putting things away or cleaning or vacuuming or shopping, whatever it might be, what would it look like for you to serve them by putting their needs before your own? Number seven, just come join us at Watermark on Christmas Eve. Okay, that is an easy, and if you've got your own church, go to your own church, but this is a home run, easy way for you to be reminded of why we celebrate Christmas. And so here on December 24th, we will have five services at 12, 2, 4, 6, and 11 p.m. Okay, just bring your family and just come sit and be reminded, worship together. Okay, I always love it. It's always such an amazing service that we get to be a part of here. Uh, you know, and I, we, um, as a family, we typically come to the 11 p.m. service. And so even if, if, what's cool about that, if you have a church that you go to and you love your church, go there and then come join us at 11 p.m. Okay, we take communion together. We're, again, we're reminded of Christ's broken body and shed blood for us. We worship together, we sing, we uh, typically do, you know, like uh, light the unity candle and the whole place, or not the unity, we light candles and the whole place lights up. It is such a special time for our family. Yeah, I always wear, uh, I've got red shoes and green shoes and I always wear one green shoe and one red shoe. It's like me going crazy, but that's like one of those things that I like to do on Christmas Eve. Like one time a year I do that. It's a little tradition that I have. And those are just some of the things we do that, that make this time of year just stand out a little bit as a family. And so come join us at 11 p.m. or for any one of the services we have here. Number eight is take some time to simply relax and have fun. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite uh, parts of this time of year. Uh, it has nothing to do with Jesus, uh, but it's college football. 
Okay, and so I think college football is a good gift to us from a God who loves us. And so, uh, so there's, you know, bowl games on every day. And, and so again, what are you going to, we will say no to things in order to say yes to college football. And so we'll sit down as a family. We all love, not all of us, my, my wife and I and two of our kids, and we, we could watch games all day long. And could, so maybe <laughs> do something a little more intentional than that if you like, but you know, it, maybe it's, uh, going for a run together as a family. Uh, some friends of mine, every Christmas Eve morning, do a Christmas run in the neighborhood. And so they do this, they've done this for years, where they get neighbors and friends and family to come together and they run a mile or a couple miles. And they actually carry like this giant stuffed Santa as part of it. They call it their you know, Christmas Eve run. And then they come back together and meet at, at uh, the parents' home and they cook breakfast together. And so they just have relaxing and have fun together and doing something that's a little bit different. And so, uh, you know, a couple of things I'd encourage you to do there is it's, I try not to watch the news during Christmas. It's depressing. It doesn't help. It, uh, it pulls me off, off sides. I lose the focus uh, of why we're celebrating. And then, you know, I know we talk about it a lot in here, but, but like that's a season. I was just reminded today by my boss, like this is a time where we could put these away and not focus on them. I'm so caught up in it. I, I think so many of us are, of checking email, checking social media. And, and I, I wanna be really intentional with my family. And so this is not relaxing. This is not fun. Uh, it, it's an addictive device for me. It's, it's getting that way for our kids. And so what, we're like, what can we do to help build some more fun in our family? We can play games, we can do puzzles, we can go outside and throw the football, but we're not gonna sit around and play on our devices. And so have fun with one another. Do things that are different, be active. Can we play a bunch of uh, games together? We go caroling in our neighborhood and, and like nobody does this anymore, uh, but like we get a bunch of families and it's a, it's a tradition for us now that we get some, we just print off lyrics to our favorite songs and we go door to door we, we usually give them like a little basket of treats and, you know, invite them to come join us on Christmas Eve. It, it's a great way to build some community in the neighborhood and to have some fun together as a family. Number nine is to be prepared for the tough as well as the great. And so reality is for a lot of us, uh, being with our extended family is not always fun. Okay, for whatever reason, your relationship with your parents or your relationship with your in-laws might not be easy and might not be uh, fun for you. And, and I would just say this is a, a great opportunity this season to build relationships with people where it might be tough for us to be with them. And so a couple of scriptures I think that would help encourage you. Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love that verse because if possible... Okay, so, so far as it depends on you, not on the other person, as much as it depends on me, I'm going to live at peace with others. And so I'm not going to, to wait for their response. I'm not gonna make you conditional. I'm gonna do everything I can to live peaceably, even with my mother-in-law, okay, even with my brother-in-law. Like we're, we're in the middle of some tough stuff with my brother and sis, brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And, and I just keep reminding myself that I need to live peaceably with him. Okay, the second one is Proverbs 18.2, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. And, and so often we get caught in this and we want to let people know, here's what I think, here's what I want you to know, and I'm really not willing to listen to what you have to say. 
And that doesn't work well for us in marriage. It does not work well for us with family. And so I don't want to be a fool. Fools take no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. And so this Christmas, I want to live at peace with others. I don't want to be a fool. I want to be wise. And then James 4, 6, 1 Peter 5, 5, say the same thing. God opposes the proud, but shows favor and gives grace to the humble. And so God help me to be a humble dad, a humble son-in-law, a humble husband, a humble spouse. And so Christmas provides a great opportunity for you not to run from conflict, but to actually engage with it. And, and then along those lines, along the tough, I, I know this time of year, you know, this is my second year without, without my dad. Okay, so my dad died uh, March of, of last year. And I know that even though this is year two, it's still gonna be tough. Because for, uh, you know, my stepdad is married to my mom for 33 years. For 31 you know, years, that, that's all I knew was Christmas with my stepdad. And so it's, it's just tough. Okay, so you know that's gonna come and a great opportunity again for you to talk through expectations beforehand. Last one on the list is to be a great host. So we say this a lot around here at Watermark. We say, be the kind of person who says, there you are, not here I am. And so often in life, we kind of walk through life and go, here I am, serve me. And I just say, like, wherever you are, whether you are hosting at your home, whether you're at, you're at your in-laws, wherever, if you're with friends, if you're with coworkers, that's a great opportunity for you to serve others. And go asking questions and being curious. And like, I don't want to just sit there and, you know, here I am, ask me questions. Don't you want to know about me? I, I want to do the opposite. Tell me about your year. Tell me about what's going on at work. Tell me about your family. Ask questions. Be someone who is curious, who focuses more on questions to others, more than answers that you want to give. Be present with friends and family. Again, put your phone away and keep work at work. Uh, last time I'll give you, I, I was sitting with my friend Ann Piper. Ann is on staff here at Watermark. Most of you probably wouldn't know Ann. She does so much amazing work that's behind the scenes on our arts team and communication and uh, Anne lost her husband. It was about eight years ago. Her husband died suddenly and uh, left behind, you know, a single mom now with two boys that she's raising by herself. And just was talking to Anne about Christmas. Christmas is obviously a tough time for her. And she had a couple things that I thought were so wise. And so one of them, she said, there's just so many things in my life that I got. Uh, and if you know, I'm going to use the exact phrase she used. She said, I got my panties in a twist about so many things. And so I just got all up in arms about so much. When I was a newlywed, these things were so important to me, the way my family did it, what I wanted, my preferences. And now that I'm down the road a little bit, and I've been you know, married for years and now a single parent for years, all those things that just made me so like frustrated and, you know, and uh, got all wound up about, those things just aren't that important. And so as I, as I heard her, I thought, you know, that's, that's really good advice for me. Because when I'm with my mother-in-law, there are some things I don't like. There are some things I disagree with. There are some things that I want to do different than she does. And just that reminder, it's not that big of a deal. So many of the things that I get all wound up about really aren't that important. And so instead of you know, getting all wound up about why my family does things different than Kristen's, I just want to be grateful for my family, grateful for my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. They uh, they're challenging at times, but I'm learning uh, because, I, I, because I want to be someone who's a great host, somebody who cares and asks questions and engages and not get caught up in the things that really aren't that important. Okay, so what I'd suggest, I'll give you a big list and uh, you know, a lot of things to think through. 
I think a great way for you to follow up on this is to go through that list. There are 10 things on there. What are one or two or three things that we could do in our family? What are some conversations we need to have? How can we apply what we learn so it's not just another night learning that you forget about and don't apply down the road? I'm gonna pray and then Ryan and Susan are gonna come up. So God, I pray that this year really would be a great Christmas, that our days and nights would be merry and bright. God, help us to serve others around us. God, help us to be great hosts. Help us to put the needs of others before our own. Help us to live peaceably at all, with all. Help us to be humble, to not be fools, to uh, not just care about expressing our opinion, but to serve and to listen, to be curious. God, help us to care for others, to say, there you are, not here I am. Thank you for the perfect example of your son Jesus, the way that he modeled what it looks like to serve others, to put the needs of others first. So God, help us to do that, and I pray this really would be uh, the best Christmas ever for everyone in this room. In your name we pray, amen.